Hello everybody, welcome to episode 115 of State of the Game, the golf podcast that talks about stuff that matters. Rod Murray's my name and what matters on this episode is the Ryder Cup, amongst other things, that biennial golf contest that stops the golfing world. And it's not just Europeans or Americans with a vested interest, golfers all over the world understand that this is some of the most compelling golf we see every two years. It's been a pandemic-delayed affair this time around, but that's only served to increase the anticipation, as did the fabulous golf played at the Solheim Cup two weeks ago. So a little more than a week until hostilities resume in one of sport's great rivalries, we enter the extraordinary and interminable period of waiting that is highlighted by the notion that Nothing continues to happen. However, if you're going to waste a bunch of time waiting and speculating, you might as well do it in good company, and that's what we intend to provide today. And we welcome former Ryder Cup and our TV commentator, Andrew Coltart, to the show. Andrew, along in just a moment, but not until I've introduced my co-host from the US. It's blogger, writer, author, critic, analyst, general all-round golf nerd, Jeff Shackleford. Jeff, this is becoming a bit of a habit. This is like three state of the games in the space of two months. Uh, you've muted yourself, my friend. And I'll ask you not to do that again, actually, because it messes with the I tracks to for my clear editing. My throat. That was all it was. I was sparing the listeners of a of a little throat clearing. Yes, uh, indeed. I can't wait for the Ryder Cup. Yes. yes, who can? Who who can? It's going to be uh, spectacular. From his gilded cage abutting the St Andrews Beach Golf Course, where he cruelly is allowed to look but not touch. It's former European tour player turned architect and colonist, known to most as that guy who fell on his ball, Mike Clayton. Clates, good to have you along. It's your, isn't it? Your Instagram <laughs> handle. It used to be. Ah, you changed it, did you? I did change it, yeah. I, did, I didn't mean to Pe- touch that nerve, mate. Sorry. People thought I should be more sensible, <laughs> a bit more serious and grow up. But, but, um, people who don't you, know right? you, obviously, uh, yeah. would maybe make that suggestion. Let's go all the way to the other side of the world for a man who no doubt gets a special buzz around this time every couple of years. As a member of what is a pretty small club in the scheme of things, former Ryder Cupper, two-time European Tour winner, two-time Australian PGA champion, Andrew Coltart. Andrew, welcome. Great to have you aboard. Absolute pleasure, Roy. Good talking to you. Nice to be in such illustrious company. <laughs> yes, indeed. Mm. Have I got that right? Is it an extra special buzz for you? You were part, of course, of yeah, one definitely. of the, the big ones in yeah. 99, one of the most memorable cups of all. Uh, yeah, I, I just just get a buzz, obviously, whenever this competition comes around. It, um, you know, we don't get the opportunity to play team golf very often. Uh, you, and, you know, you, a, a captain gets a team together and you unite with weekly foes and and it's amazing, you know, what it brings out in you from time to time. It's a, it's a spectacular uh, event, uh, and has really sort of captivated the attention, uh, not just to the golfing world, but the whole sporting world. Yeah, it's 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 golf. I think it's golf's kind of Super Bowl that elevates it outside of golf. The majors attract a little bit of the non-golf. Jeff, don't make don't mute yourself, mate. It mucks up my tracks for post production. They're fantastic. Thank you. Oh, come on. Stop with the eye rolling. Mate, Clay's you called me a Nazi. microphone Nazi last time. I've got annoyed they, Nazi. That's okay. I'll, ta- I'll take I it out. Now I know there's a technical reason. Go ahead. I'll take it out. I'll take it out. Andrew, you've outlined there how I think the Europeans feel. Another in-depth interview released with Brooks Kepke this morning. He talked about the Ryder Cup. Is there genuinely a cultural difference between the two teams, do you think? He's suggesting, like many Americans have previously, there's an awful lot of stuff at the Ryder Cup that's out of your routine to the top players. Yeah, I think that's I think that's fair. Uh, you know, I find I found that Rod when I played, but you know, surely you've got to be um, a little bit flexible for the sake of this week. It's not it's not your week; it's a week of you and eleven other guys. And 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 you're a little bit naive if you think everything's absolutely going to fall out there in front of you. Um, just you know, just for just for it to, to to lay in your lap and everything to work out perfectly for you, it's everybody's 
job around you to try and make things as smooth for you as possible. But, um, you know, you, you, you know, you have to be flexible in your preparation this week. You know, you have to be flexible in the media. You have to be flexible with the, with the practice rounds. You have to be, the captain's going to try little uh, partnerships and, 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 and pods and things like that during some of the practice rounds. So it's not about you that week. It's about the team. And, and you know, maybe, maybe like you said, Brooks has, has given an insight into, in, into how one or two, if not more of the Americans think. It's a very individual pursuit, Andrew, no matter who you are playing professional golf. That notion of a team uh, mentality, which is what you've laid out there, it's not about me, it's about team, it's pretty unusual. I wonder whether there's some cultural difference in America with that versus people who grow up playing on the European tour. Yeah, I mean, it's... it's Were there selfish people on the team in 99 for Europe? Did you encounter it in your fellow players? Did you see some who weren't coping with that notion? No, the only the only thing I thought it, it, it pertains to the the story about three of us not getting a chance to play until the final day. The only the only bit of selfishness I thought was some of the more experienced players at that stage were more concerned about playing five events, uh, sorry, five matches, matches. rather than mm. being rather than being fit and in a great shape mentally uh, and physically for the Sunday and and the whole twelve singles matches. That that's the only thing that I saw. They had an opportunity when the time presented itself to them to say, listen, I need to take a step back here and save myself for the singles. And that didn't happen, but it was not, it, it, it you know, that's, that, that, that maybe, maybe that was said. I, I, I actually don't know. Um, but, you know, nonetheless, you know, history records that, uh, you know, the three rookies, myself included, didn't get a chance to play. We lost all the singles, lost the first five points. And that ten six lead that we took into the final day was swiftly overturned, and we never managed to never managed to get it back. Yeah. But it's um, yeah, I I I think I I don't I don't know. I mean, I, I, you know, you knew you knew this question was going to be asked. I just see the Europeans, you know, bizarrely because we're all different countries, you know, just seem to come seem to come together really really well. You know, I mean. Clades has played over there loads of times. He knows he knows what it's like. But for, for some strange reason, there's there's a bit of a sort of the, the the European tour family moves from week to week, rather than individuals who maybe sort of take their family that move on week to week. But that that also is a bit of a sort of dying mm. dying scenario. Well, how how many of the Ryder Cup two teams that are playing play live in Florida? <laughs> no shortage of Europeans yeah, on that side who are going sure, to be living sure. next door to the guys they're playing. Sorry, Clates, I cut you off there. I was going to say, how, I mean, I think it was, a, I'm not sure what you think, Andrew, it was a lot to do with Seve and how much uh, him, he especially was fed up with Americans shoving down the throats of the rest of the world, how much better they were and we're the greatest two in the world and we're the greatest power in the world. And Seve was so inspired to so, so inspired to kind of stick it up and for want of a better word and or phrase and you know, he kind of united everyone and we're, we're going to show these guys that we're actually uh, you know a decent tool with a decent standard of play and we can beat you guys and, and he was lucky enough to have alongside him four or five other guys who were incredibly well they were great players Langer, Feldo, Lyle, Wuzzy, Elazabal. Yeah yeah it, it was a core of an incredible team yeah, and, and I think they just relished being the underdog. They're always the underdog, and and you know when when you go into these things as the underdog, the pressure's not so much on you. You can relax a little bit more and get on with it. When you're you know when you're the over over 
overriding favourite again as the American team is uh, next week. Uh, there's a tremendous amount of expectation, huge, and that that with that carries enormous pressure. Yeah, Shaq, defend America. <laughs> Are we being harsh? Is there a cultural difference? Is the what do you see as an American? It's a weird team vibe, isn't it? The Ryder Cup. It is. I mean, team it sports really is. generally, teams go week to week to week and they play together and they know each other. And there might be tensions yeah. in the teams, but those guys stay apart from each other. But to try to come together two years, a whole bunch of disparate players and form a team for a week is a bizarre thing to try and do. It is. And, and you'd <laughs> think now that it would be easier because it seems like there's more camaraderie out there on the PGA Tour. I mean, we saw it with backstopping and it's sort of a, a different vibe than than say the Hale Irwin Lanny years where they're all felt like they were you felt like they were going to try to kill each other and now they're all buddies and you you have your week and and all of my week and and uh, and yet uh, if you look at these teams going in this year <laughs> uh, even without Patrick Reed this is a fairly dysfunctional looking group <laughs> that they're going to have to try to bring together again <laughs> and I don't know um, I just don't know why that is because because they talk about we and the team and we're all together my my team and then you think they're working with a team on the side so they should be able to bring that to the matches and yet you it's it's hard to see that i mean you could see certain people or personality wise uh, patrick cantley and xander shoffley are up in napa with their girlfriends or wives in xander's case now uh, uh, uh colin morikawa can get along with anybody uh, so there are there are signs but then you throw in brooks and you throw in Bryson and, uh, and Dustin Johnson's who knows he's kind of on his own planet. You know, he, he, he and Paulina were a big problem at the last matches, uh, in terms of the, the, the chemistry and, and kind of just being on time for the bus and things like that. So I can't say this group looks to me like one that, um, uh, I mean, it's more agreeable clearly. And Steve Stricker, I think, I think he leaned on, I mean, everybody's focused on distance and they focused on, um, uh, youth. I, I really look at the group as it's a very, it's a more agreeable group of people when, when Berger and, and you factor in Tony Finau, they're also, and Scotty Scheffler's pretty quiet. They're also more consistent if you look through the, the course of the year. And that's always got to be a, I would love, I mean, I can't imagine on those teams when you come into those matches, just knowing you're, you just have nothing, what some of these guys deal with. Um, and we've seen that before. And I felt like Stricker kind of went with, good personalities and people who generally show up and can pretty much shoot 70 every day, uh, no matter where they are. And, uh, and yet I don't really feel very great about their chances. Something interesting about that though, Jeff, you talk about the Hale and Lenny Watkins days. One of the more successful partnerships of recent times was Spieth and Reed, of right. course, who were just trying to beat each other. <laughs> and and of course that's very successful in beating the opposition. So it's a bizarre sort of thing. What is the vibe like in a team room, Andrew? Because you, as I said, once every two years to suddenly be a part of that, that's a very odd thing. And if you only get the chance to do it once, um, it's got to be a bit surreal, doesn't it? Yeah, Rod, the the, the vibe in, in the European team is just it's very difficult to describe. Other than it, it's just you're almost on a high the, the whole time. Uh, obviously, the event in itself uh, does that to you. But like I said, you have players that, you're trying to beat week in, week out, mm. who are actively going out of their way to make sure 
you're as comfortable as you possibly can be. You know, they're, they're giving you advice, they're giving you help, the type of things that they would never ever give you <laughs> uh, on yeah. a week on a week to week basis. Um, you know, you're, you're united in the cause, and and you know, you sacrifice a lot of a lot of sort of personal you know wishes and and uh, and a bit of your ego and stuff like that in order in order to get that uh, to get that victory that that you're that you're you're after and you're craving. Um, the, yeah, most of them all just do forget about themselves. I mean, thinking about the the, the Brooks thing. I'm sorry, I'm I'm digressing a little bit. But thinking about the Brooks thing, um, I'd be surprised. I I think the Europeans have a very good hold. Uh, you know, the 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 media side of of the European tour are a very good hold on the players. Mm-hmm. They understand that anything that comes out on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, any you know any chats to the media just now, if it's not positive, if it's not cohesive or anything it can be exploited and they'll almost go into a certain sort of radio silence uh be muzzled to the point that they won't allow you know the the, the american press to 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 find any cracks uh-huh. that they can try and exploit and I'm, I'm a little bit surprised that brooks with what he said the other day there he's just he's just given an opportunity for the press come tuesday wednesday next week to absolutely pile in Try and find something, and and keep you know, and keep sticking the knife in, and you know, you don't need that that week. It does enough to bloody well concentrate on, without worrying about external situations like that. And the proof is with what happened to Danny Willett a couple of, uh, four years ago, five years ago in Hazeltine. Yeah, uh, you know, it was it was very funny. His brother wrote something that was that was that was funny. It was it was it was tongue in cheek, but it had it had. You know, horrendous consequences, not just for the European team, but also for Willie, his brother, who he yeah. loves. Yeah, indeed. And we saw and Andrew. What about what about the idea of uh, the way the 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 way you in Europe play golf? Is 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 it even true anymore that people play much foursomes and different formats and are able to adapt? Is that even true anymore? <laughs> no, no. And mm. and funny, I think if I think you'll have a better idea than me, Jeff. But if you look at the records, you know, I think the Americans are actually better. And the foursomes recently than the uh, yeah they've been proven, the European yeah. than the Europeans have been. Um, no, we don't. We don't. I, I really, I, 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 yeah. I'm only supposing there's just less of an ego that gets bruised with a lot of the European guys. If somebody hits a crap shot, they just you know one another just pulls one another's leg and stuff. They just have a laugh about it and get on. Yeah. And that's and they seem yeah. and they seem to work well with it. But they're very and and again as you said and and and. Um, Rod, you said about the team, and Jeff, you said about the, the, the team. You, you don't see really any any sort of character clashes when you look at the European side, and we just mm-hmm. can't say that with the US team. Yeah. You'd almost think Sergio and Padraig get along now. So <laughs> yeah, well, only, right? <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, they had history, don't they? They yeah. they had a, a tremendous uh, uh, bit of history. I think they they would each respect one another's desire, passion, and hunger to achieve the things that they've achieved, and they would understand that. In the in the cauldron of the the final round or a playoff or whatever, you know that all that you know any friendship or stuff like that goes completely out the window. I mean, our our take on the picks was that they had potentially been told quite a while ago. Mm-hmm. So uh, if that's the case, then clearly Sergio, um, you know, is, is, has been in Podrick's good books for quite some time. Yeah, we're in a pandemic world. The notion of players flying from America to the only event last week was the last chance to qualify was the at Wentworth and all that sort of stuff. Incredibly disruptive in this schedule, perhaps more than in previous years, and maybe that's why Podrag might have said to a few people earlier on, "You're yeah. okay. Yeah. Take the week off. Stay there. Practice. Don't yeah. don't go through all the kerfuffle that's that's going to uh, going to happen." The players then get forced to pick sides in a way. 
Jeff, if you're on the American team, do you have to be Brooks or Bryson? <laughs> it's an awkward – for the rest of the players, there's an awkward thing going on there, isn't there? Well, in theory, that's the the genius of the pod system is that uh, <clears throat> they can put people in a, a group that that are um, more agreeable, but <laughs> I don't – I don't, I don't know how they're going to deal yeah. with that. And maybe Bryson will have his own pot. And after reading this interview, maybe Brooks will have his own pot <laughs> as well. So he can go take a nap instead of having a pod meeting with captain, assistant captain. Uh, uh, he'd probably get Mickelson. I don't know who he'd get. Anyway, it's, it's, um, yeah, it's, it, it, it's, it's, it's multi-layered. Yeah. Stricker, the right man for the job. Why is the golf so compelling? Clates, I was watching the Solheim cup a couple of weeks ago again. And again, we just see this, and I feel like it comes down to all the things we generally speak against in golf. The spice of the rule snafu on day one made that Solheim Cup. Now, regardless of what you think about whether it was the right or the wrong call made with the ball hanging over the hole and the eagle being given it, that's what makes the Ryder and Solheim Cup, isn't it? They're genuine moments with real feeling. That's what, kind of what the President's Cup lacks. Yeah, what is it with the women and the rules thing at the Solheim Cup every year? They well, the men do. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Seve had a, I remember the one with, Layman and the coin, where he wanted to aim at his coin, and Langer and Layman picked it up. And Azinger and the ball, Azinger and the and the and the ball. Oh yeah, yeah that's yeah. true. And Azinger and the drop at the Belfry, which was Andy McPhee's drop. And yeah, there's always been a bit of snarky stuff going, hasn't there? Um, what was the question, Rob? Isn't, isn't that the spice that actually makes it though? Whilst it's an unpleasant moment, what it does is create a fabulous, genuine, authentic rivalry for the week that makes it compelling to watch. Yeah, probably. And I think, is it fair to say that every non-American always barracks for the Europeans? Yes. I mean, I don't know one. <laughs> no, I mean, Quite a few Americans who do. Yeah, that's, we're, not, we're not alone in that. Uh, yes, I think it's, that is true. Yeah, yeah I, 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 I don't know if it's just me and the people I hang around, but I've never met a non-American who's ever supported America in any team's event. It's bizarre, really. But because I think it goes back to the Seve thing, I think it's always, you know, it's the rest of all against America in terms of, you know, we're going to try to prove that we're as good as you are or, or certainly, you know, uh, capable of playing on the same arena and being them. It's the underdog thing, isn't it, Andrew? I mean, everyone's yeah, well, an underdog compared to America if you're an Australian, whether you're Korean, whether you can no matter where you come from, you're the underdog. Yeah, massively. I was also just going to add to that thing that, that Clay said that it wasn't just the Sebi thing. It was, do you remember the time? And it was around, it was our one, 99, just before that the Americans wanted paid. Yes. <laughs> they wanted they wanted to be paid to represent the country. Now, yeah. that to me just, that, that, that I mean, that's embarrassing. That was a massive PR a disaster, really. I mean, eventually they softened it by using the money for charitable donations. But it was the fact that multi, multi, multi-millionaire, yeah. high-profile individuals could want large sums of money to take part in what has been one of the best uh, competitions that the golfing world has ever known. And, and every single member of the European team would just have pitched up there for you know for absolutely nothing. Crenshaw nearly had that, a stroke. I'm sure that kind of stuck <laughs> in the throat of quite yeah, a few people. Indeed. Yeah. The point that was made that week, though, is somewhat fair, and whilst, yes, they're multi-millionaires and all the rest of it, the truth is the event is a massive generator of yeah. money, isn't it, Jeff? And the players yeah. were getting literally nothing. Now, you might be happy with nothing, Andrew, and happy to play. I get that point. It's a very small club that you're a member of. But the point is a genuine one, isn't it? If, the, if an event is generating that much money and the event is really around the players and the players get nothing, Clates has made this point about the Olympics more than once. 
Um, no, but they're 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 getting money off of the fact that they're being there. They've they've signed yeah. contracts that the Ryder Cup is a massive. If they get right. that, it's a massive bonus, so it's a and they get door. huge sums of money attached to it. It's it's I don't see that as an argument at all. Yeah, no, no, no and that's what was so pathetic with the time was that nobody sat David Duval down and said. Uh, this this raises your profile. I mean, we have all this crap yeah. now with meltwater mentions and pip, and, but there are more metrics now to say, hey, I mean, you know, Ian Poulter has four Ferraris in his garage because the of the Ryder Cup, Cup not yeah. because of his yeah. play in the uh, WGCs yeah. of the world. Yeah. It's it's uh, but nobody did that with them at the time and said, you know, this is this is good for your brand, as they would say now, yeah. and uh, and it's just also it, it, I, I do I do empathize though with the players at times because the way they go about making the money is so different than the way the masters does and then when you see people out there drinking beer at 7 30 in the morning until dark and they're badgering players um on uh, mostly in the united states uh and that's just 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 profit making off of their backs a little bit it that kind of stuff i do feel for the players who get harassed or their families and it's like there is a point where you you just don't have to milk every penny out of this yeah. event, and so I do think the players raising it was a positive in that sense. But the way they did it was, I mean, Duvall. I don't know if he ever really. It's taken a long time for his reputation to recover, and you forget what a great think, headline uh, Mark generator Romero took some hits. Yeah, you forget what a great headline generator Duvall was in his day. Yeah. Didn't he also refuse to come to Australia for the match play clates because quote Why would I fly halfway around the world to play sixteen holes of golf and come home? Which wasn't a. <laughs> <laughs> which, which in fairness, wasn't a bad point. It's a long way to come to yeah. play one well, match and and get yeah. twenty five thousand bucks, and your and, yeah. <laughs> and airfare paid. Uh, you know, there's people who work for a living who would think that's probably not a bad deal. Uh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, and, and it was a in fairness, it was a terrible date as well. It was oh, a, shock. Yeah, yeah, everything about that didn't first work, week. But, uh, yeah. Did you play that one, Andrew? The, the match, which one was that? Metro. The, uh, uh, Metro. Yeah, I played. Yeah, you played that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You still feel bad about taking a divot? I feel awful. I played at Metro once, took a few divots. I feel terrible about it. The place is the most perfect golf course I've ever encountered. It's extraordinary. I walked on the fair. The first time I actually was spectating at Metro and accidentally walked on the fairway, I genuinely I jumped off. I was like, oh, you should, surely you can't be walking here. There's like carpet. Just uh, yeah. just an amazing place. What do we expect, Andrew? It's going to be a different one. Like the Solheim Cup, not much in the way of European fans on the ground. You'll be there, part of the TV commentary. Now that you'll have yeah. a security detail surrounding you at all times to protect you from <laughs> what we know are the most raucous and um, the rudest fans in golf, American Ryder Cup fans. Is that true? You played one at Brookline. It was pretty noisy. Uh, is there a difference between crowd behaviour in America and, and, uh, and Europe? Um, well, I think at the Ryder Cup, Yes, but but again, it comes down to the fact that it's not just golf fans. You know, you've mm-hmm. you've you've lit the blue touch paper with all the sport fans. They're all wanting to be a part of this. It is a it is an incredible spectacle. And you know, when you're at football matches over here, um, you know, there's barracking at cricket at cricket matches. Uh, you know, when you're over in the states, there's, there's barracking from you know you know some of the fans that that pay lots of money to go and watch a game. These rich, but you know, it it it's it part and parcel of where the modern world is, is heading these days. We can't have our cake and eat it. If you want to open it up, like what Jeff was saying earlier, if you want to open it up to everybody and milk it, then everybody's going to come and you're, you're going to get people that support golf, that make their voices heard in a completely different way to how we've always been used to to hearing them. Um, it's part and parcel of it. I actually I actually quite enjoy it. Um, 
I think, again, part of the, the chat in the team's room will all be about, listen, you'll have whatever it is, 30, 40,000 people, you know, screaming at you to try, maybe in some instances to try to put you off, laugh at it. You know, just like, it's going gonna, it's gonna to come. This is going to be like nothing you've ever encountered in your life before. Don't don't make it a negative. Just 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 try as much as you can to absorb it, and there'll be enough people in the in the you know, police and stuff like that in the sides. If anybody got untoward, uh, they can uh, they can eject them from the place. But uh, to me, it just it just adds to the the fervor and the atmosphere of the tournament itself. And, uh, I, I think it's fantastic, to be honest. Better than sort of being funny. You just reminded me of something that you'd be familiar with, Simon Evans, Andrew Coulthard, right-wing sort of comedian yeah. there in the UK, very funny guy. Yeah. He was talking about yeah. democracy. He said something similar. He said, listen, if you want democracy where everyone gets to vote, then the people who go to the monster truck races on Saturday night are part of it, and that's what you're going to yeah. get. If you <laughs> let them vote, you're going to get the result yeah, that abs- you get. It's ab- true. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Not to offend anybody who uh, goes to the monster truck races. I've not been. They're probably quite <laughs> interesting. And, yeah, they're a big part of our audience. <laughs> and uh, entertaining, yeah. uh, entertaining to watch. Clates, what do you expect from a Ryder Cup? We're two weeks out, and this is probably the worst. I think it was Huggy who once said, you know, that the, the worst time in golf is the three days before the Ryder Cup actually gets underway because everybody wants to know something and there's just nothing to know. Nothing continues to happen. Mm. What do you think about it two weeks out? What do you sort of do – you, do you give the Ryder Cup any thought yet or do you wait until the first tee shot gets hit? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, ever from 1985, I've always every every year I've looked at the American team and thought they're going to win. Yeah, and I don't know why because because you're sensible and on paper they should. Well, yeah, they on paper they. Although you look back at those great European teams and you can see why they won. Mm. They had six. They had six great players mm. and six guys. You know, Torrance and Clark and James and Ken Brown and you know Gordon Brown Jr. and you know guys who were tremendous players who were capable of beating anyone on their day and did. So, you know, I look at it, I mean, I think everyone's looking at this going, well, the American team's a stronger team, they're going to win. But, and I think, I think the Americans will win and I think we'll look back and say that was the last gasp of an ageing European team that's wow, probably really? past its best. Yeah, don't you think? I mean, you know, no. Westwood and Garcia and... Uh, oh, wow. No Rose, interestingly. No Rose, yeah. Um, who who were kind of probably past. They're still really good, but past past their best. Yeah, don't you think? You, you know, you, uh, I mean, do you need to be at your best at a Ryder Cup in match play, no. Andrew? Do you need to no. be okay. yeah. winning stroke play events and playing well? Is that any kind of a guide? It's a different beast, isn't it? The Ryder Cup player like Garcia, well, it's, Poulter, that's it. As a team, though, Rob, you've got to be able to play more than three matches. If you've only got two matches in you, there's no point in you being there. Oh, yeah. interesting. Who's only got two matches in the Mandra? <laughs> Who are you well, thinking well, of? Well, Mickelson, Mickelson got a pick in 2018. He, only got two, he was only two matches, wasn't he, Jeff? Mm. Two or three. Wasn't uh, a lot, you're yeah, right. Yeah, he didn't three, play three? much. I don't remember the number, though. But <laughs> Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, the, the he thing did a lot of watching. Is, yeah. you, want to, you want to try and, you, you know, there's, there's hardly going to be any players play five, probably one or two. Most folk want to play four. If you can't, if you can't play more than more than three, then you're not going to be much of an asset to the team. So age age is starting to be a factor. And as these guys, they don't train for 36 holes in a day. They've, they've all their life they just played for 18 holes. So it's age is something of a factor. They're gym rats, aren't they, Jeff? They're the fittest bunch of golfers we've ever seen, aren't yeah. they? Yeah, I I, the I think the Europeans should be favoured. I I just yeah, think that okay. I I like their team better and their record and and the golf course. Uh, I think they'll enjoy. Especially if there's a little bit of wind, which Stricker says it can get pretty windy in September. I, I, 
I, uh, I just, their camaraderie, um, the years they're having, I mean, Westwood definitely played too much there for a stretch and it caught up to him. So it'll be interesting to see how that, uh, plays out, but Sergio's, uh, playing well. I don't see how Rory could play all five matches if he keeps putting the way he's putting, but otherwise I think Rory will be great out there. Lowry's going to love whistling straights. Uh, I, I just, I, I don't, I don't really care for the American team. Uh, if, if they're, um, if they're not feeling good and, and, uh, all on the same page and, and after yeah. reading Brooks Kepka's interview and, uh, I, I, I just, that just, it's not a group that excites me that much. And I look at the European team and I go, God, I'd love to have that team. I, I think there's versatility. Nobody's going to have to play five. And, uh, like Andrew was touching on, and, and I mean, that's the, I mean, I love the beauty of the Ryder Cup that the captain has to to decide uh, or when they have to decide to sit people and the and the dilemma on that and how they communicate that and then how many times that's gone wrong when that hasn't been well communicated. Uh, I love that component to it that the President's Cup. Uh, I mean, yeah, I love that everybody absolutely. gets to play in the President's Cup, but isn't that Andrew? The, if you, I'm trying to yeah. think uh, who was it? At, who was it at Medina who got informed at the last minute? Was it? Uh, uh, somebody just, just found out kind of the wrong way on, uh, and it was, it was on the European squad and it was bizarre and, uh, oh shoot. Anyway, I'll look it up, but I love that component to the matches. Mm-hmm. And I think you look at Europe this year and it looks like a group that'll understand that they, if somebody doesn't, uh, play all five matches and we're going to get everybody in it just, it just looks like a good group. Andrew Clates told us some time ago that his mum could captain a Ryder cup team. Is that true? <laughs> Richard Gillis has told us uh, that, the, uh, that the captain uh, yeah, plays no yeah, great role. Yeah, yeah. I uh, well, having having you know seen the way that, that, that <laughs> Mrs. Clayton brought her son up, uh, I, I think that's I think that's probably a fair uh, a fair assessment. I think, uh, yes, I would. Yes, I, I, I would, I would, I would probably have done anything that she wanted as well. Yes, <laughs> like um, I know. I, well, I mean, we know why I said that because. You know, there's so many good players. When they get there, they tend to all be play well. It's just, you know, you've, you've just got to, they're already wound up. You've just got to let them go and, and they'll go and play. So uh, I get that. Um, you know, but no, I, I disagree in part because there's tremendous amounts of communication going on behind the scenes when people do feel. Uh, either like they should have had a game and they didn't get a game or they feel like their game's starting to lose them and things get communicated and, and they get the opportunity to set out. There's, there's an awful lot of chat uh, goes on between the captain and his lieutenants. And uh, and I, I, I also and I agree with Jeff. I, I, think it's a, I think it's a must for the for the excitement of the match, you know, to see who's going to play, who's not going to play. The idea that you give everybody a game just because you're frightened that somebody's ego might be slightly might be slightly dented, to me is a little bit sad. But um, there you go. Well, I want to see Coltart as captain now. See how many people he could upset. It'd be quite a few with an attitude like that, which would be fa- I, fantastic sport. <laughs> it was Peter Hansen at uh, Medina. Uh, okay, and, yeah. and remember, okay. a lot of the ball didn't wasn't the master communicator that other captains. Yeah, he he was. Yeah, he wasn't. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Clyde Steele um, didn't. didn't cost them the matches but it was an interesting component Mm. to the whole thing and yeah uh clates do you stand by your mum could captain the Ryder cup and are you walking back that notion now um i don't know it's a i mean i think richard (laughs) well you know richard gillis wrote the, the the book the captain myth which was pretty good and 
you know, I, I read a thing yesterday where um, – 1997, where you know Sevy, from all accounts, did a horrendous job as a captain. Olafarbel, the same people say. Yeah, it was awful. yeah, Olafarbel, the same, and they both won. And I'm sure they've been winning, losing. Uh, well, Europe Jesse, games. Jesse was a good Jesse was a yeah. good captain. We yeah. we went, we messed up the singles, but in terms of the team, that was fantastic. But yes, we lost. Yeah, yeah. So sometimes you win because of the captain and sometimes you win despite the captain. It's a, their yeah. role can sort of go in. I think it was what was Gillis that goaded you into that in fairness, Clay. So we'll blame him for that that comment that you made. I meant to go looking for it again, actually. <laughs> oh, Mind you, as we well know, Andrew from Twitter last week and Lou Stanger, Stanger um, he pointed out that a few parts either way and the result could have been 7-5 <laughs> seven, seven, in favour of America. And you pointed out, well, a few parts the other way, it could have been 0-12 in favour of Europe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah absolutely. Absolutely. If spots and, Which I uh, thought was a very good point. Yeah. <laughs> it, we we know the data and the science, and the, we, we, it's been allowed to leak out how much of this data that the captains look at, no, Andrew. How much of a role can that realistically play? Once you're out there on the golf course, surely all of the data and the the numbers and the percentages is it a, is it really of any great value, or does it actually just come down to the moment ultimately? Oh, yeah. Look, I think it, I mean it comes. I mean, golf's so unpredictable, isn't it? I mean, ultimately, it just comes down to the moment who's who's handling the situation the best. But I think there's there's no doubt harnessing some of that type of information and, and and putting it together can throw up some interesting pairings and partnerships and things that, that should, you know. Tiger and Phil, out. for example, should have been one and two in the world, should have been a fantastic pairing. Yeah, well, well, but yes, but we all know there was other, other issues uh, going on at the side. That, yes, yeah, look, it's deeper It's deeper than that, though, isn't it? It's... Um, it's it's you know I I am play from fairways who hits a lot of fairways all that kind of stuff putts you know you wouldn't you wouldn't put for instance a couple of dodgy putters in in, in at the four balls together and uh, or foursomes for for that matter um, yeah it's yeah, I think it can be used yeah I think again it's sport evolving and it's it's what it's it's the old David Brailsford thing uh, that they did over over here with the cycling it's the, the the tiny little things that you can constantly just shave off just to get. Some kind of advantage, and and here's the thing, Rod. Whether it works or whether it doesn't, if the players think it works, uh, then there's another string to their bow. Yeah, yeah, a bit like Trackman, I guess, Andrew. It's just yeah, information; it's yeah. spitting out. It's what you do with it. Then you can't don't rely yeah. on it, but plug it into into the system. Uh, you've already shown your hand, Clates. What do you reckon, Show? I think you've probably shown your hand too. Who who do you think will win? I, this is useless speculation, of course, because as we know, it could go either way on a couple of putts. What's your gut feeling, Jeff? I think the Europeans are going to win handily. Andrew? I think Jeff's going for the double bluff. So that, uh, he's, going for, he's going for the Europeans. Well, I'm so offsetting win, all this. Goes, We're such underdogs. Goes, yes, the Americans have won. Oh, Jeff. Um, I, Rob, I kind of root I, for Europe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it's really, really interesting. Uh, I mean, you know, form, recent form and everything just goes out the window at a Ryder Cup. You look at the numbers – and the numbers, hands down, say the Americans should wipe the floor. But this is match play. This is match play. This is about team unity. This is players coming together uh, under ridiculous pressure. And I realise you don't want me to sit in the fence. <laughs> I, th- I, th- I think America is going to win. 
but, but it's it's going to go right down to the wire again. This is sound like a ridiculous thing to say, Clades, but actually does it matter who wins in these contests or is it about the matches being close? We've seen with the President's Cup, we know in the Americans does for us. keep on. Yeah. Well, yeah, but do you know what I mean? Though, that in terms, in the, in the bigger picture, kind of, I know that's what it's all about, but as long as it's close, you kind of can't complain too much, can you? That's, that's sort of my feeling about these matches. And I think the Solheim Cup showed that again and, it does sound a ridiculous thing to say, but in many ways, the result's not what it's about. The President's Cup in 2019 was fabulous, Clades, because it was close. We felt like we had a chance. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the one in Korea was great. It was great. And the, the, one, ones that are, the one in yeah. 2017 was enough to make you cry. It was over on Saturday night. They literally almost didn't need to play the singles because it was already over. So, yeah. And that's just uh, – I mean, you know, yes, you want to win, Andrew, but that's not what you want to see, is it? You wouldn't want to see – Europe having won the cup by Saturday night, for example, and the singles being a dead rubber. So as long as we get some good golf. And, well, you, you might, well, we'd, but... We'd uh, say. <laughs> once, maybe. Uh, once. Is that, well, yeah, okay. Surely the close victories are more satisfying, aren't they? No, it's yes, it's a two-great. Yeah, listen, I mean, you, you, you'd want the thing tucked away as quickly as possible if you're a competitor and stuff. But yes, it's about, isn't it? It's about the game. It's yeah. about growing the game. It's about the game reach, reaching... Uh, you know, the, the globe and, and everybody and, and trying to be accessible to everybody. Yeah. Last one on the Ryder Cup, then we move on to a couple of other things. Jeff, who's the player you're most interested in watching? You mentioned Lowry before, and he's my Leona Maguire from the Soul Hunk. I was very interested to see how she went, and boy, did she go well. Who's your sort of player that's going to be of real interest in this Ryder Cup to see how they go and how they deal with it? Uh, Scheffler. It, uh, yeah. yeah, he uh, he seemed overwhelmed by the Walker Cup when it was here. But I don't, I don't know what to make of that. Uh, whereas Morikawa and, and uh, uh, Maverick McNeely and a few of the other players, Will Zalatoris was kind of, he had some moments, but he, he looked like he was sort of a notch below. But, but Scheffler uh, just seemed overwhelmed by the whole thing. He did win his singles match, but uh, I'm curious to see if it was just one of those things where he, he just didn't. Exactly. Game just wasn't there that week, which is very possible. Really we, good play. We, we don't we don't really think about that enough, by the way. How much how goofy this game is, and you, you just may not have it, and that may have been the case with him. Or uh, was he a little overwhelmed by the whole thing? Because it, it's quite it's intense. I mm-hmm. I uh, have all the admiration in the world for these players who cope with it because it is such a different pressure for them. Uh, and then that one is just so different because the people are right on top of you uh, walking out in the fairways. But so I'm really curious to see because the the the, uh, the younger generation acts as if uh, his numbers all just plug in great and he'll pair with Spieth because they went to Texas together and it's just a no brainer. And I I'm not sure that's um, I'm just not sure that's going to happen. It may it may, but um I, I think he's somebody to watch. If if they if that ends up being a pick, they they don't uh, play much. Uh, that's that's going to be one of those situations where uh, they they may say, you know, it would have been nice to have Webb Simpson here rolling in twenty footers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a, a quietly really for good par. player, isn't it? Yeah, Sheffield. That's <laughs> yeah. for par indeed. Clates, is there anybody on the uh, out of the two teams that you particularly want to see in this environment? I, I'm leaning towards Lowry. I think is one. I, I was going to say. I mean, I, I, in fact, I was going to ask Andrew before. I've never seen Lowry play, and he looks like a just a beautiful player to watch. Like kind of, I want to say typically Irish. They, they, they were they, they, certainly in my generation. They tended to have more unconventional swings because they, you know, Rafferty and Darcy and Des Smith. They grew up in kind of some tough conditions, wind and rain and cold. 
But he just he looks like a really fun player to watch play golf, and I've I've never seen him play. So what were you doing in 2016? Yeah. When he was here for the World Cup. That's right. I did watch him play a bit there, but but well, not that not much. Because like I watched no, yeah, it's well because I watched Squirrel. My mate was caddying for Soren Kelston, who won. So I kind of watched them a lot that week. But um, in fact, and I played with Colstarts in the program, which was interesting. That's right. You and Sue um, and Huggy, didn't you? And- we did, we did. We played with yeah. Colstarts in the program, and um. Yeah. yeah, so so you're right, I did see him play a bit, but not much. And uh, and it was before he was kind of a big star and I wasn't that interested. But the more I've watched him play on TV, the more I think I'd really enjoy watching him play. Andrew? Yeah, he's a he's a well, first and foremost, he's a real really good bloke. Yeah. Uh, feet on the ground, as you probably would expect. Uh very solid, good iron player. Um his putting's not that great, but he's a wizard around the greens as well. He's got an incredible short game. Putting, the putting is going to be interesting. Sometimes that can be a little bit of his nemesis, but every other aspect of it is uh, is pretty much top drawer, uh, Mike. And, uh, and you know, he's, he's, just, he's just a real good all-round bloke. He's mm. the type of person that you would root for uh, when, when they're out in a golf course. And the way he handled that victory at the Open in 2019 when, uh, you know, he took that, whatever it was, four-shot lead into the last round, uh, and continued to play that way when the whole of the island of Ireland was was watching as well as the golfing world. The pressure must have been nauseating, and yet he managed to come out there on top and be successful. It was it was a stunning weekend there at Royal Port Rush. He's uh, and of course he's a WGC champion. He won the old uh, Firestone, the um, the Bridgestone uh, Invitational there. So this 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 guy can play. Yeah, and one of the great mm. post open. Uh, celebrations on social media that we've ever seen singing in a bar at three o'clock in the morning with the trailer but we didn't see that out of Colin Morikawa but uh, two totally different characters is there a player Larry aside is there a player that you look at out of the 24 and think I really want to see this guy in this you know, I, I think about Larry but I also do well, think about Colin Morikawa he was just a stone cold killer at the open it was just yeah. relentless well it's interesting I'm, I'll, I'll, give, I'll give one from each one guy I'm really looking forward to and happy for a while is Victor Hovland I think uh-huh. he's he just this kid's a superstar in the making. Uh, aggressive, aggressive, ridiculously consistent, uh, resilient, a uh, great temperament on his shoulders. And another one which you might be surprised at, but I've always admired his game. Admired his game, and and you know, surprised he disappeared for a wee while. But it's great to see him coming back. Is Harris English? He's I think he's incredibly underrated. I think mm. he's a I think he's a phenomenal player. He's a, got a great all round game. There's no weakness in there. He's also got a tremendous demeanor, and I think he'd be well suited to it. Well, what about Wiesberger? Uh I don't think he would have been picked, but I don't know. Uh, what, what do you? What, what should we know about him? And also, just your, I'm curious what you thought of the way things wrapped up on Sunday. If that was that was a good thing, the way that played out, it was all a bit mm. difficult, isn't it? I, I, I mean, I also think uh, again, this is why rather than just have uh, people always say just go down the list 12, 12 straight picks. No, you uh, twelve straight. No, you've got to have picks because you've yeah. got to have this discussion. You've got to generate this kind of interest. Um, and it's difficult. Had Beesberger fallen out, I think uh, I think Rose would you know Rose would have qualified. Lowry would still have, would still have got the pick. Beesberger, uh, he's also a very good iron player. He's very consistent. He's a two-time Rolex champion. Mm. He also won the French Open before it was a Rolex, which was a huge event in the European Tour. Um, always has been one of the most prestigious. He's won eight times on the European Tour since 2012. I think he's one of 
He's only third behind DJ and uh, and Rory when you talk about victories since 2012. So this, you know, this, this guy can win. Um, Do you have wrist surgery, Andrew? As well? I, Did he not come back from a serious uh, wrist yeah, injury? Yeah, he had wrist surgery in 2000, 2000 and uh, the end of 2018. He yeah. was out of the Ryder Cup. He was he actually working with us uh, for Sky uh, over there at, uh, at Paris National. And, you know, it was his dream to qualify. I think, I don't know how close you were paying attention, but he, he had a chance to win in Cron two weeks ago yeah. and uh, double, bogey, double bogeyed the last. Of course, massive question marks were then asked about his temperament handling the pressure. But as, as, as Jimmy knows, as, as Mike knows, to go around Wentworth, to go around Wentworth, and, and if somebody says to you, by the way, I'll give you 10 million bucks if you can go around here and, and, and level par for four rounds. I mean, that's a really tough ask. And and he he mastered Wentworth very well. Um, you know he finished well. He finished high up and in. I can't remember where he finished. Numbers coming out every orifice, but um, you know he finished high enough up up there in the end to to go ahead and qualify by right. I think once the pressure's off, hopefully he can free flow. I think he, I, I don't know. There's just something telling me a wee bit. He might just struggle a wee bit with the pressure. Mm. What did you make of the way the the way it was? Uh, do you think it should have come down that that late? Uh, Westwood's comments were pretty blunt. That it sounds like when he's captain, that that won't be the case. Well, well, that's, well, that's interesting. I mean, I mean, you know, Tom, I had a chat with Thomas Bjorn that morning, and he was he was backing up Lee. But I, I mean, I pointed out it was 2014 that uh, the American team, um, you know, I'll let it go at that because Billy uh, Billy Horshaw won the final two events to get into that team, and then he, then he wasn't, it wasn't, right. you know, or, sorry, Billy won won the the tour at FedEx and wasn't in the team. So right. I was a, I was a little bit surprised at Lee because he knows, again, as I said earlier on in the program, he knows that any kind of negativity mm. in any shape or form can be grabbed hold of and exploited. Mm. And I didn't think that was the time to say anything. He wasn't playing well and he was feeling it. I think potentially he should just have sort of yeah. Accepted that and just gone ahead, gone ahead and done it. It's this is not his captaincy. Next time's Porig right. Addis. Porig, Porig set the stall out. The stall's been set out for eighteen months. Everybody knew what they had to do. The reason he was under pressure was because he hasn't locked his spot up by that stage. That was his doing. Nobody else's. I I, I understand his argument, but I don't I don't buy it hundred mm. percent. And maybe just not the time to make it, as you point out, Andrew. <laughs> I, I, I think, I think oh, yeah. the, the timing's wrong to make any kind of statement yeah. about about it, if you're a player. Yeah, indeed. I think what we're guaranteed is that we're going to see some good, compelling golf play to get into. The Ryder Cup, like the Masters, seems to deliver each and every time. So no matter what you think about any of that stuff, it's going to be good to watch. Let's move on. Jeff, who's the player of the year on the PGA Tour? Oh, that would be John Rahm. Right. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> who's voted the player of the year? <laughs> By the Players, yeah. uh, 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 Patrick Cantlay, the writers will vote on the 2021 season, uh, the Golf Writers Association of America, that is, um, which I get to vote in. Uh, that will come later at the year, and we only vote on 2021. And then, of course, the PGA of America already announced John Rahm based on its point system, and Bryson DeChambeau finished second, and Patrick Cantlay was was third in that. So, uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's a very strange... Uh, trend and we you know there are a lot of layers to it but they they to i haven't gone back yet to look but in terms of major championship performance i i don't think we've ever had somebody had such a mediocre year in the majors and win this uh vote 
uh, amongst his his peers. Votes that uh, we don't we don't know how many voted, how many agents voted. <laughs> uh, the agents, you know, I don't know if they capture the email, but I, I, I just, we just don't know how many people vote, and and uh, we don't know the tally, and so it's just kind of a, it's a little embarrassing, frankly, for the PGA Tour. Clates first, then Andrew. Same question. You're both players. Does it matter? Well, I was going to say, does anyone really care? Yeah. I, mean, I think <laughs> everyone knows that John Rahm's the had the best year of anyone. He, he, he essentially won two tournaments that he got no credit for. Well, you know, yeah. he and Kevin now tied for the low score at the Tour Championship. And does anyone think he was going to shoot 78 at the last round at Memorial and lose that tournament? So It didn't look likely, did it, based yeah, on what we no, saw the first 54 and, and, and based on what we saw two weeks later at the US Open, yeah. I think he proved he could handle the pressure. So, yeah, it seems farcical that anyone would consider anyone else but John Round to be the best player this year. Andrew, do, do, do people care? Do players yeah. care? Well, uh, no, no, not really. Um, you know, personally, the individual who's at stake, who's who's been named, it will, you know, it's it's a high accolade. accolade. Um, you know, like Jeff says, you don't really know who's who's doing the voting and things like that. So you don't know how, uh, you know, how realistic it, it is, and and how many of your peers have actually voted. And, and I mean, at the end of the day, like you said, it was John Ram hands hands down. So uh, mm. it's a, a kind of kind of surprising that it's turned out the way it's turned out. Does the peer element have anything to do with it? It's essentially a popularity contest, isn't it? I mean, I would imagine as a player, if your peers vote you the player of the year, in some ways that means more than if your straight numbers made you the player of the year. This popularity contest element, Jeff, is it's a little bit soap opera-ish, I guess, but for the players, well, that, I that think be the I, one they want to win. Yeah, and that's why I, I would take the award seriously because the players are voting on it. And you'd like to get their perspective and not feel like it's driven by – financial interests or, or personalities, even though I can understand that if, if uh, people don't like someone, they, it might be hard for them to vote. But uh, again, you just look at the, at the performance. And again, I don't like picking on Patrick Cantlay. He had a very fine year and, and he's a, a, an interesting and, and uh, fascinating really when he, when he op- opens up young man, but, uh, but this should be about performance and John Rahm, Really did, you know, this was an extraordinary six major run that this window of uh, voting is supposed to cover. And uh, Cantley went 43rd, 17th, miscut, 23rd, uh, 15th, and miscut. And Ron went 23rd, 7th, 5th, 8th, 1st, and 3rd. And we know he, he won the U.S. Open in incredible fashion. And he had a great chance at the Open Championship and made a great run at the Masters on Sunday. I uh, probably never really had a true chance, but he he, may, he got in the in the mix there for a while. And uh, that's really hard to do. I, I always just have such admiration for the player who can who performs so well in all the majors, and so to see this award just sort of throw that out the window for for because they've got to keep propping up the FedEx Cup. It's 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 exhausting. You said we, you said the magic. Do, do we think place. if you offered them a chance to swap each other's years? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, Cantley would love to have Rom's year. Yeah. He would love to have a mate, especially U.S. Open. That's yeah. A, yeah. an event he he really wants, and he'll he'll have his great chance here in Los Angeles, where he shot sixty two at L.A. Country Club when he was at UCLA, and he'll he'll have a great chance here. He knows the course really really well, yeah, indeed. and he loves yeah. U.S. Open. You, you mentioned the magic the, words there. Sorry, you mentioned the magic to a championship, right? Well, I was about to say you you mentioned it, and I want oh. to talk about. It. I can't let it go. Do we have to. Yes. Well, I, well, I'm gonna. Diverge a little. I watched the Netflix documentary on 
Marty Fish. Has anyone watched that? No. No, I heard about it though. Yeah. Which is uh, really good. It's fantastic. Okay, good. You know, it talks about kind of the you know depression and handling pressure and how he you know didn't handle it very well at times. But he had a great run in 2011 to make the eight-man tour championship finals in London. Would that be a better model for the tour championship? Yes. Which, which is essentially going back to what the world match play originally was, eight players with 36 whole matches. So you really make it ultra-exclusive, only the best eight players on the tour playing, playing 36 whole matches. Well, it doesn't matter what format you suggest, does it? It's a better format. It doesn't matter what you say. You could suggest having a running race instead for the money. Yeah. That would be a better format than what they've yeah. settled yeah, they're on. They're not going to listen. To, yeah. to be <laughs> honest. They do have a serious – it's a realistic problem, though, is it not, Andrew Coltart? FedEx are pouring in not insignificant sums of money to golf, and this thing just cannot get any traction, it seems. And this handicapped tour championship idea – Okay, let's start with this. The notion of a reward for season-long performance is problematic for, for a start. Why does a player who's already been rewarded throughout the season for their performance mm-hmm. need a reward come finals yep. time? Surely the reward is you're in the field. Uh, you've got a chance yep. to win $15 million bucks. Go out and yep. do your best. But as a player, what's your take on the notion of the Tour Championship as an idea? And then looking, pulling the lens back, in a larger sense, this is a problem for golf, is it not? If FedEx Cup pour in hundreds of millions of dollars and they can't seem to can't seem to break through with something, is that an issue? Well, it, it's 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 all viewers, isn't it? And, and views. You know, people people were switching off when you know the the, the top players or the top ten players in the tour weren't coming down the stretch in the tour championship with the t- chance of winning, and it was. <laughs> Some of the other players, maybe the likes, you know, Bill Haas or 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 whatever, um, you know, who was not to demean Bill Haas's performance because it it, it was outstanding and it, it, he put himself in there in the first place. But it, it was all about bums on seats, wasn't it? Who who was going to be watching something mm-hmm. on the, the television to to view? And that's why they ended up cultivating this criteria that basically guarantees the last couple of groups are going to be coming down the stretch. Uh, you know, with a you know, with a person that's been in this position of the FedEx with an opportunity to win the tour championship. Um, I don't think the players are happy with it. Um I, I know Patrick Cantley will be. Um, Not really. He ragged on I, it in the lead up. He said it was a silly format and they need to do something. Oh, did he? Yeah. yeah. But uh, but <laughs> but it was but it was but it was it, it was a it was a poor format in the beginning. Yes. They didn't get they didn't get out of it what they got and and I don't know. As I look at it from my point of view, this is this is certainly the the best format that they've come across. But but that but you, but your point, I, I absolutely take your point that they've already been awarded. It should be a level start. They've got to this event. Why don't why don't they just kick off from scratch here? But that's because of TV Go, goes against yeah the advertising TV and, golf. and 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 work. Yeah, smaller field, and, Jeff. Smaller field for the tour championship, so you don't have that problem. I don't know. At this point, we've thrown out so many solutions, and uh, they've ignored them all. And and I don't, you know, television is um, so focused on football here at that point that they they real. I don't even think they care enough to complain uh, about the format and the ratings. But yeah, I would love to see something like Clates mentioned, and go somewhere a little bit more exotic, where you only, where where you can handle an eight player field and not worry about crowds and all those things. But I just don't know if they 
operate in that that kind of world and think that way and um even as bad as the numbers are it doesn't really cause them to reflect I, a little bit of reflection but not a lot and uh and i just as you know i just loathe what it's kind of done to the major schedule and and compressing it and and i look at you know for instance the even if the, the pga stayed where it is uh, you, you look at now where things are the open championship probably should move back a week or two but it's just too close to wimbledon it seems to me that it's uh, lost a little something there. Uh, I don't know. Andrew might be able to speak to that, but it ju- I just feel like the, the 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 British summertime window there is just way too compressed. And uh, and then, but the players have spoken that 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 they would like to have more time between the majors. And I think that the uh, the U.S. Open really is one that interestingly has taken a hit from this because it it, it the P- it had such a run up after the the Masters. And now with the PGA in there, it's just uh, there's not that buildup, and uh, I, I I just the whole thing's a mess, and uh, and really all of it is is revolved around American football, and then you have no chance of of uh, beating that in the ratings. So um, I'm not sure what the solution is, but uh, I certainly know that what they're doing now and the venue they're playing, and the fans have spoken that they don't care about the money, and the money's going to go up. So. Is that a bigger a problem, mess. Jeff? Is that a bigger problem in the scheme of things? This desensitization to money is that the the fans clearly don't put a lot of stone, but the players themselves now are. Yeah, that kind of. I mean, when Cam Smith is <laughs> doesn't really care about yeah. the yeah. When when you hear that apathy that that this because I used to always believe that if they had one day they'd whittled it down. You know, we had a cut on Friday and we we did all these things and it was and they were four or five players playing for this amazing amount of money in one day, a crapshoot that would be exciting. But now when you realize that these dollar figures, while nice, uh, they aren't life-changing, no. then that loses something for for me, the viewer. I think I think it was fun when the LPGA had that. The ADT, which was a fabulous yeah. event. And, and you knew it was a life-changing yep. check for, for pretty much everybody there. And that that was neat, yeah. I thought. Carolyn Bivlin, it, Bivlin's managed to kill it in her first year. Well done, Carolyn. Yeah. Such a, but that was proper knockout play. Isn't this the problem, right. Andrew? When you try to contrive something in sport, any sport, but in particular golf, as soon as you try to contrive it, you've killed the goose that laid the golden egg, which is the unpredictability yeah. of it. Yeah. Well, I think, I think I mean, part, part of all this has is, is still got to, uh, you know, take on the other potential tool that's, that's hanging around in the wings. So everything's, you know, everything's in place there to, to try and lock these players in for a certain amount of time. But there's no doubt, uh, just as you said, Rod, you know, th- th- they're a product of the monster that they've created themselves by, by as long as the money goes up, it goes up fine. But then if you keep making, making these people wealthier and wealthier, you, you're going to end up putting yourself out of pocket. There's no, there's not enough money in the world that's going to entice them to stay because they've outgrown you. Um, I'm always reminded. I'm always reminded of the time that Jack Nicholas travelled the world, went down to Australia, and when he found out they were only playing for ten thousand dollars, and he was and he was getting paid ten thousand dollars to play, that he put his ten grand in the pot and played for it. That's class. Well, I was kind of not quite that. He, oh, the party we, pooper. Cla- oh, really? No, well, well, no, we were playing. Don't for, let the truth. Don't let the no, truth get yeah. in front of a good story. No, we, we were playing for. A, <laughs> I think two hundred thousand, and Jack put in fifty or something. Put in his fifty. Well, that was pretty good. Yeah. yeah, it was pretty good. Was yeah, it? yeah, but yeah, yeah. The percentages were close, but yeah, I mean, he was said, "Well, this is because for a while when Kerry Packer, who was the richest guy in Australia, ran the Open, 
Um, Nicholas brought a whole bunch of guys down, Letsky and Crenshaw and Pate and Andy Bean and Palmer came and um, Don January, and they all got – Packard just paid them all $6,000 each. But he looked after them in other ways. They all stayed in his house and he took them fishing and, you know. Yeah. But, yeah. And, of course, it's gone from that to, you know, Guys getting paid a million dollars to bait the Australian Open. Well, that's Tiger's fault. Well, yeah, and, and, and then, but then of course the agents get into it. They get involved as well. Yeah. They, you know, they they bash bash off with one another, and and you know, let's see what I can get for you. You know, if I get that for my man, you'll be able to get that for your man. And you know, and it gets it gets uh, it, it gets it gets dangerous. Yeah, it's done us no favors here, has it, Clates? And it hasn't helped South Africa. It's not done world golf much good. There's more and more centralized money in America. Well, yeah, and, and the wraparound tour has been a disaster for Complete Australia disaster. because, uh, you know, if the tour finished now and started up again in Hawaii in January, all the Australian players on any normal year would come home and play at home. Yeah, that's right. But as, as would a number of other big-name players, you know, who would have – which is what used to happen. There was that end of the season. That was a great time to get yeah. in the world and pick up a bunch of cash. We'd get to see him down yeah. here. Good for golf, good for them, good for everybody. Um, and it didn't damage the PGA Tour. It's just the PGA Tour has to keep expanding because the interesting thing is, of course, Andrew, that FedEx, I mean, in some ways the PGA Tour has got a problem. If FedEx wants to give you a whole bunch of money, you can't say no, can you? You've got to find a way to get rid of it. <laughs> That's yes, what they're trying uh, yes, to do. Uh, absolutely. absolutely. If, they, if they want to put, the, put that in there, uh, it, would, it would be a, an incredibly brave commissioner that uh, had to turn around <laughs> to his members and say, by the way, by the way, we're not playing for that because I just thought it wasn't a good fit. Yeah, that's or right. Yeah. We've had problems with the format at the last event and Shackleford and Colton yeah. and Clayton didn't yeah. like it on that State of the Game podcast, so we're going to change it now. Uh, dear, oh, dear. And there what we do go. you make of the PGL? The, I was just going to ask you, yeah. PGL, the, Andrew. The rival tours that are do, – do Well, again, listen, uh, not hearing not hearing much. Uh, I, I, I mean, there's, there's a couple of – Scenarios of the PGL, isn't there? There's there's there's, there's one from Saudi and there's, yeah. there's the other one. And and uh, look I, I, again, what 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 naive if, if we're going to think it doesn't, there's never ever going to be these kind of sort of oppositions to to what is already in place. There's always somebody trying to do, trying to put a business a, a better or, or another business plan in place. This is another business plan. Uh, it's interesting, you, you know. I don't like it because I'm the I'm a, I'm a sort of bit of a traditionalist with the tools and things like that. But uh, but then again, you know, golf golf is evolving. How do how do we get people to get interested in it? It seems it's a, it seems a very intriguing plan uh, about teams and 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 team owners and things like that. Um, I don't know how far away it is, but. You know, when when we know how how mercenary some of these players are, if somebody turns around to them and says, "Listen, I'm going to give you an awful lot of money," and potentially they're they're coming to the last two or three years mm. of their playing careers, what do you think they're going to do? They're going to they're going to go and take it, aren't they? So, are you it's interesting? Are you convinced we will see at least one of those two tours, whether they survive in the long term, make a start, Andrew? Are you convinced that one of them at least will get off the ground? No, I'm not convinced no. yet. Not doesn't convinced seem certain yet, to me bro. yet, but I don't think the players have bought not, in yet. Well, I'm, I'm, I just heard the other day there's a few more players than I think we're led to believe have been okay. bought, in, are, are, are bought in, but I, do, I don't know how close they are to getting the number that they need. I think there's still a ways off that. Um, but, um, you know, not everybody not everybody has the same principles. Not everybody has the same scruples. And so some people, some people that's, that's their main goal in life 
and and others, it's it's not. So it'd, it'd be interesting. Still up for, still very much up for debate. And then the next question, of course, is does it bring the fans along? And I don't think there's anything to suggest that that's a done deal. But it's it going to take a long time to build a rival tour if, if, in fact, you try to do it. It seems to me because you got to, you haven't got a, the the golf audience is different, isn't it, Andrew? To most sports, because yeah. they're participants, yeah, they understand the game in a way that most don't understand yeah. the sport they're a fan of. It's a totally different experience. Yeah, and I, and I'm, I mean, I'm, my understanding as well. These are like it's the smaller tournaments, you know, three round tournaments or something. Is yeah, that right, Jeff? Is that fifty-four what holes, shotgun starts. Yeah, I think. fifty-four holes. I mean, I mean, yeah. so so there, you, so there you go. You've just you've just torn up all the records that we've had for for two hundred, three hundred years. Uh, to start this, so so what you what, you know, there's no benchmarks for any of this stuff. It's like it's like starting from year zero. Um, I, I, I you know I don't know. That's an interesting. Uh, that's a you know that's an interesting take on it. And yes, you know players certainly of, of all of our generations. Uh, you know you look forward to playing four round tournaments. It's it's just it's it's like a five day test at cricket. I don't know. That's just how it is. Will Sky Sports show it if they start this league? There's your other thing, television. Ah. <laughs> Big player. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's a whole other. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, where are we going to be able to see it? Interesting stuff. Let's wrap it up because time's almost in. Well, I don't want to go into this, but I just want to get a general feel from each of you about this, and I'll start with you, Clay. It's Royal Melbourne Golf Club. No jab, no play. Vaccination. Um, I'm very good with that. I'm fine with that because I, I think Australians are generally a pretty compliant lot. There'll be a percentage you won't want to do that but I think there was of the 2,000 members there there was one complaint yeah. and I think if you went around golf clubs in Australia that would be pretty common yeah we're doing the issue a disservice by trying to narrow it down to just this very simple idea but Jeff what's your general feeling about the notion that uh, no vaccination no take part in activities I uh, know I, I think it's uh, uh, I think it's great uh, they're showing a leadership role and um, uh, I think it'll help as we've seen in, in a lot of these instances where places in a, that, that have some prominence and or corporations that have prominence that, that, that these things really help convince people who are on the, uh, on the fence. I, I think, although here we've reached a point where that those who uh, can't be convinced, they really truly can't be convinced. Can't be convinced at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Andrew, I think you feel a bit differently, which is one of the reasons I wanted to hear. I think that's important. Yeah, it's it's, it's interesting. I mean, I'm, I'm think you know, it's, I mean, it's an outdoor game. If you're not vaccinated, you're out, you're outdoors. Go and play, go and play around. Maybe there's an issue if, if you want to come indoors. Uh, but you know, again, again, at the end of the day, I always thought this that thing was uh, was was a choice, and it's your choice. I just don't think the rest of the world should stop if um, if 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 you wish not to not to go ahead. And in fairness. That doesn't mean you're anti-vax, does it? Because that's what a lot of no, people no, will read no, by no, that. I'm, no. I'm, no, absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm vaccinated. My kids yeah. are vaccinated. Yeah. Wife's vaccinated. No, not, not at all. I, I'm, I, I took the vaccine because I wanted to get on with my life. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's the other. That's the issue to me, Rod. Is is for, for, there's there's some point those of us who have been vaccinated are gonna should be demanding. You know, I just want to go and be able to live normally and sit in the 19th hole and have a beer and yeah. not worry. And and that's the part that kind of never nobody ever sticks up for which shocks me that there's nobody sticking up for that side we just want we're not, we're not want to force anything on you and 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 change your life or take away your freedoms we just want to we just want to have some normalcy again and there's been plenty of time to see that these things work so you know enough and and so i admire places that are just saying you know, we, we, we want to go back 
to some form of the life we had before, oh, and this Jeff, is how we're going to do it. Jeff, I know. normalcy, a forlorn hope. You're like a child that has mm-hmm. to have the I lack know. of- There's the, got to be a better word. Yes, it's, not the, it's not the perfect word, right. but it- Santa's not real, unfortunately, mate. Yeah, Santa's not real, I hate to tell I, you, Jeff. Can I ask one question <laughs> of, uh, of, of, of the group? Yes. Uh, Solheim Cup. Yeah. Uh, if if in a regular golf game you had an eagle putt that oh, that, that that it, hung on the edge of the hole yeah. and your 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 opponent just walked right up and knocked it away before you while you're looking at the ball you're staring at it uh, would you be okay with that I'm just just <laughs> look a little bit of a come on quite leading question I realize but I've got a completely different take I thought what you did was something I haven't seen a hundred times playing match play in Australia. That was just a normal. That quickly? Yeah. Ball on the edge? Yeah. Oh. Well, it, was, it was never going in. And, and Nelly ah. didn't complain about it at all. And in fact, I, I think she said when she walked off the green to her caddy, did you see that bump? That was my lip reading. Like when the ball rolled, you mean? Yeah. yeah. So, mm. you know, I don't, I, I don't think she... Yeah, Nobody thought it was sure. going in. Nobody. Well, what did she think she was going to do? How about that bitch <laughs> picking up my ball? She wasn't going to do that. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> I think she knew it wasn't going in. I think everyone knew it wasn't going to go in. I do, I. Uh, Nobody thought it was going to go in. Nobody. I. I, I don't know that. No. I, you know. I. I. I, was I no, just don't smirk, Coltart. What did you make of it? You might be. Uh, you might be in the middle of something like this in a couple of weeks' time in the booth. So just <laughs> that, yeah. That is. That is the worst. Example of a ball hanging over the lip I have ever uh, seen in my life. Imagine it was about it, it was about a foot away for God's sake. I listen, Carter, <laughs> Carter had looked a right at the cup foot, and yeah. gone and, uh, and gone. Oh my God, that's missed. The girl stepped in because guess what? There's no way it was going to go in. She didn't step in because it's hanging over the edge and the whole golfing. No, I know come that, down but it's it. just the look. Um, yeah. But it's this look. It's this. It's the same thing though with them. Um, you know, Sergio and, and um, Kucher. Uh, Kucher a couple yeah. of years ago at the WGC, mm. you know, just put your ball or bloody mark the thing. Yeah. Don't pick it up. Yeah. Wait yeah. until they do it. If, if it's a couple of inches, mark it. You're only going to embarrass your playing partner, not you. Yeah. West yeah, Asian and Spieth at the President's Cup, if you remember, the ball was 12 feet past the hole when I think it was Spieth that yes, scooped it up right. and chucked it back and he got pinged because because the alternative, Andrew, and you can laugh and say, oh, that's ridiculous. How do you write a rule that says... It's okay to pick up a moving ball in certain circumstances. The sensible thing to do is to say you can't pick up a moving ball. That's what you say. Just don't, yeah, just don't touch it. Because if you don't say that, yeah. then now you've got – and it's yeah. the same with the ball overhanging. Now, there was a lot of sniggering about the rules official who said, Kendra Graham, the rule is not whether the ball is going to fall in. The rule is whether it's hanging over the hole. It's been established it's hanging yeah. over the hole, so the rule has been yeah. breached. Yes, there's a perfect storm of circumstances that makes this look silly, but here's the thing. You know, Madeline broke the rule, not deliberately. She didn't cheat. She unquestionably breached the rule. And in that circumstance, you can't just say, where, oh, yeah, but. Because when you where have was that- the broad, where, where, where was the referee, though? What was her view when she deemed it to be hanging over the hole? What? Oh, her angle? Who, who Missy, I'm not sure what her yeah. angle was, but she where asked she for it. She, she asked, that's my point. I mean, I mean, she asked I mean, for it to be checked. She's, it, she asked for it to be checked. Now, Missy Jones is a highly regarded rules official. Yeah, she's very, very well respected globally. So she clearly saw something when Madeline picked it up and on the ball. Okay, and she didn't have a choice, by the way. She didn't step in to make some big deal of it herself. The rule for the match play referees that week is your role is to, whether you're asked or not, 
is to involve yourself if you see something that may be a potential yes, rule she has to. Okay. She has no yeah, choice. How about all the people okay. claiming that uh, the players that's should, right. oh, well, let's agree to, uh, yeah. you know, uh, I'll have a hole later on. Uh, oh, that's uh, a, give that's all that crap. Just make so up So that's what unfolded. She go, saw oh, it. It wasn't 10 seconds. Clearly from wherever she was, the ball looked like it may be hanging over the hole. She goes to the TV person and says, can you have a look on the television and see if it was overhanging the hole? That's where you saw the picture with the red line. Yes, it's overhanging the hole. It was the European Tour director, JP, who said, yes, it was hanging over the hole. So in that set of circumstances, a ball overhanging the hole, which is the rule, picked up in less than 10 seconds, which is the rule, you can't come to any other decision. You can't. Yeah. You can't say, oh, why- but it wasn't going to go in. Imagine Man, that argument. Can't do that. How long are we going to argue about whether a ball was supposed to, was going to fall in or not? Before I mean, that's you can't have it. So... The rules of golf are imperfect because the game is complex yeah. and they'll always be imperfect. If you change that rule to something else, in two years' time, you're going to have your new rule be in the middle of a similar rules debacle because yeah. you can't pull on a hairball on this side without having an effect on the other side. <laughs> yeah. I'm just curious why yeah. they briefed them on it earlier and why this came up and it was actually briefed uh, to the players, this particular rule. This 10 uh, that's what I'm yeah. Yeah, I'm just it's just fascinating. The broadcasters were on top of that mentioning that and they must have gotten it in the, their own briefing, uh rules briefing. But I think that was fascinating. Now, Jeff, it's so obscure. It's so bizarre. <laughs> you're starting to sound like the start of a conspiracy theory here. Well, no, 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 Maybe. no, 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 no. I'm complimenting the fact I've just but I wonder what it's it, an odd one. It, the it is an odd one. Speed situation. Yeah. What, what was it that caused them to just put that? Hey, these are the things you need to be aware of this week. Yeah. Because uh, Missy was the one I think who did the briefing, and yeah. I just thought that was fascinating. But no, the conspiracy is if this was an American, <laughs> if, if if Nelly had gone up and picked that ball away quickly, oh my God, the Europeans would be absolutely whining and crying. How did she not let it sit there for the full 10 seconds? It's the Americans again. Oh, give me a break. Uh, I hate to do this. I couldn't believe the stuff I read on Twitter. And then they were harassing Missy for crying out loud. Who had the courage to come on Twitter and defend herself, which was great. And she's very good. I mean, she's beyond good. She's brilliant. She Uh, is. Yeah. As as good as there is in the rules world. If you're besmirching. Um, And great at explaining things. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. If you're besmirching Missy Jones's character, that reflects on you, not her. That's, <laughs> yeah, I that's know, how that works. Got, yeah, a lot of heat. Well, anyway, sorry uh, to bring up that. It's okay. <laughs> uh, well, and as I said, and the other thing about this is the truth is this is what makes it compelling and interesting. Yeah. We all remember the yeah. Annika chip in, and then now you're going to have to replay it, and the tears, oh, the Dotty yeah. Pepper um, photo on the clown that you punch and it gets back up in the team room. This is what makes this stuff. What we don't have much of in golf is that, and that's why these team matches yeah, are great because the President's Cup doesn't have this yet, but at some point it's going to. some point there's going to be a big snafu and it's going to be right. That's it. We're going to beat you guys yeah. next time because we want to, and that's when it will change and be better. Unfortunately for the listeners, the post-game discussion is often the best, and that's about to break out based on some of the things no. that Jeff just said. So <laughs> unfortunately they won't get to hear it, but we will. Jeff Shackle, it's been great to have you aboard. and uh, Thank throwing, you, Rod. Throwing hand grenades into the trench, that's been fabulous. Clay, it's always a joy to talk to you. When are you out of lockdown, by the way, Clay? Any date yet? Uh, no idea. The Premier's announcing some stuff on Sunday, which means we might be able to play golf, but I doubt it. Um, otherwise, uh, I'm, I'm, what, what was it now, September? Yes, I'm kind of <laughs> thinking, 
I'm kind of thinking if we can get out by the middle of October, that'd be pretty good. That'd be pretty oh. good. I can't think of anything crueler than locking you up in a cage next to a golf course, a good golf well, course. That's I'd an awful thing the, to do. I had balls on the beach, which is great fun. Yeah, Seve likes, so fantastic. There are no bad holes on the beach, Rod. No, that's exactly right. Uh, good to have you along, Clates. Thank you for your input. And Andrew, it been Mate. fabulous to catch up with you. Best of luck in a couple of weeks. I know you will enjoy it. You're going to be right there at the coalface, but my goodness, what a front row seat you're going to have to something hopefully pretty special. It sure, it sure is. It always is. Yeah, thoroughly looking forward to it. Thanks for having me on, guys. No, Great not at all. You. Looking forward to hearing your dulcet tones. And that's State of the Game, episode 115 in the books. Hope you've enjoyed listening as much as we've enjoyed talking. And we're back to do it again, well, at this rate, in a couple of weeks, Jeff. But who knows with yeah. this show? It can go off the rails for uh, for weeks and months at a time. But we'll be back with episode 116 here on State of the Game. State of the Game is a talk and golf production. Theme music, Writer's Retreat, provided by Lloyd Cole. Visit www.lloydcole.com for more information. For more golf podcasts, log on to www.talkandgolf.com.